Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. been in a harvest and holy spirit series how many of you have been here for that almost every hand should go up because we've been doing it for like six or seven weeks so if you're just here we welcome you but uh yes we're in a harvest and holy spirit series i want to encourage you if you need to get caught up to you can go catch the other messages but uh, we're just going to continue to dive in um and so lord we just bless my mom as she shares the word we honor her we honor my dad We honor their legacy. We honor what they carry. And Lord, this morning, we just as a church say we receive you. We receive you as a prophet. We receive the the apostolic that you carry. We receive who you are. And we just thank you for the words that you're going to release this morning. And we just thank you, Lord. And we bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing, and we just say, we just open up our hearts, Lord. We just open up our hearts, Lord, to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so maybe um, we don't all necessarily qualify to be in attendance on Wednesday nights for youth, but what we can do is we can all go find some youth and invite them to come on a Wednesday night. Who's up for that? Come on, raise your hand. I told you I'm, I'm gonna call it out today. Let's invite some youth. We have like other churches that are like a lot bigger than ours, bigger youth ministries, and they're like, we want what your youth have. Literally, that's what they say. I'm just telling you. Invite people to come to youth group. Go find them. Okay. Now, I told you that <laughs> this is, um, I'm kind of in full profit mode. I have a unique gift mix because I'm super high mercy person. And I had to learn a lot about mercy. And the way that I was looking at it wasn't necessarily <laughs> the right way to look at mercy. And um, I also have this high profit side. And sometimes they're like, wow with each other. But anyway, they go together. That's my point. They go together because all things in God go together. (laughs) They're not in conflict. Sometimes we are, but what he gives is not. Okay, but I'm telling you that there are some plumb lines coming into the room today. So just get ready because, you know, Andrew talked about forgiveness, but guess what? When we live in gray, we don't even know we need forgiveness. In order to fully receive forgiveness, you got to know which side you're on. If you're out of agreement with God, then there's forgiveness. What is forgiveness? It just means it's not held against you. When you come into agreement with God, those places where you are out of agreement with him are not held against you. You're completely and totally set free. Completely and totally. Jesus did not leave anything undone. He did not. But where 
we are in agreement with something that's not God, then that's a place that we need to come out of. It's not complicated. It's really not. I'm telling you, there is something that is going to come over us today that is going to compel us into healing and freedom of God and to go out and give that away. So let's do it. Okay. So I have had like several significant times in my life where God has spoken. You know, when somebody speaks something to you that you know is the heart of God for you, and then it gets repeated to you, pay attention. So one thing that happened to me years ago, in the same year, I got three prophetic words from completely unrelated people and places that all said the exact same thing. And it was this. Literally, they said the exact words, God said to tell you, take the gag off your mouth. So, that is a whole other story. But obviously, like I didn't really particularly want to talk to people on a microphone. Um, and I kind of wanted to hide. Anyway, that I had to pay attention. Do you understand? When God is speaking, pay attention. That's what he wants. Because then he wants to do what he wants in us and empower us. So this past season, what has happened is I've gotten the same prophetic word again, three different times, completely unrelated people and places, the exact same word that God says to you, I'm making your voice a trumpet for this hour. Well, I'm just saying did I ask to be a trumpet? No, I did not. Is it easy to be a trumpet? No, it is not. I don't enjoy when people get upset with me. It's not fun. It's not fun. I don't enjoy on my social media posts when people comment these things like, there's something wrong with me because of what I said. Do you understand? Like, if we are going to just avoid conflict and avoid rejection and avoid confrontation and, if, you know, like, we're going to hide. <laughs> God does not want his church to hide. In this hour, he does not want the church to hide. So the church, we need to know what we believe. So what I feel like God said to me about the trumpet is he said, call people out of religion, call people out of lies, and call people out of the gray. Now, calling religion, that's a whole other message. I'm not even going to go there really, but everything I do, that's part of it. So it goes, <laughs> it fits in, but I'm not going to like super camp out there. But I am going to camp out on the lies and the gray. Because I believe that in this harvest and Holy Spirit, we have to know two things. What do we believe about Jesus? And what do we believe about the harvest? 
It's super important because we don't realize what we actually think until it's confronted within us what we actually think. This is my whole life, you guys. God will just all of a sudden say to me something that I didn't know I thought until he told me. And he told me it didn't agree with him. I didn't even know I thought it. So listen, it's okay. Like, it, we're not like all super perfect. So it's a really good thing if God tells you something you don't agree with him about today. That's a good thing because we get to come out of that and come into agreement with him. It's amazing. So what do we believe about Jesus? Romans 10.10 says that we believe with our hearts, right? Ephesians 1 is just like a life passage for me. And beginning in verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Right now, we agree that the eyes of our hearts are enlightened today. Because where are our beliefs? They're in our hearts. So why does God say he wants to enlighten our hearts? Because he wants us to know what we believe. And this is what he actually wants us to believe. So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Wow. Now, listen, I've said this before. We're not a wimpy church because we do not have a wimpy God. And if you read this, there's a lot of things that don't agree with this <laughs> that we get to, like, release today. So, what do we believe about Jesus? Does what you believe about Jesus cleanse you from everything you ever thought and did that was not done that was not good we're gonna ponder right now does what you believe about Jesus cleanse you from everything you ever thought and did that was not good do you agree with that in our mind we know this in our heart do we believe it do we really believe that we're cleansed from everything does what you believe about Jesus take you out of accusation and condemnation? Does it? Right now, today, it can. Because it's very clear. Read Romans. It's very clear. We are not in condemnation. And accusation does come. Listen, another thing. I'm giving you... a. A couple of really important tools today. One is that you do not have to agree with everything that comes to your mind. And you do not have to submit to everything that tries to come at you and on you. So one time I left a meeting. Steve and I left a meeting. And we were both physically ill. 
like Steve could hardly drive home because he felt so ill. I, we got home and God said to me, it's a spirit of witchcraft and you have to take yourself out from under it. So I could have been like, just thinking it was me, right? And I was like, oh, I literally said, I take myself out from under that. And I am not kidding you. I was instantly better. Listen, when things come at you, you can simply say, I take myself out from under that. I don't partner with that. I take myself out from under that. We do not have to be under things that are not God things. We do not actually. So that's a tool. Take it. It says in Revelation that the devil is accusing day and night. But guess what? Jesus got rid of that. He did not leave anything undone. And it says right after that verse, this is what it says. They overcame him. Who did they overcome? The accuser. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did. We can't do that. That's what Jesus did. And he did it perfectly or he didn't. And they overcame by the word of their testimony. Who is Jesus to you? That's what your testimony is, right? It's who Jesus is to you. Who is Jesus to you? All right. Does what you believe about Jesus allow you to come boldly before the throne of grace? It says in Hebrews, come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Do you know that you have freedom to come boldly before the throne of God to get his supernatural help when you need it? Do you believe he has help when you need it? Does what you believe about Jesus free you from yourself? I know it sounds weird, but I'm telling you this is real. This is real, you guys, because listen, you do not have more power than Jesus. The devil does not have more power than Jesus. Governments do not have more power than Jesus. The media does not have more power than Jesus. But as the church of Jesus, we need to understand that we actually have his power. It's not abstract and ethereal out there in the blue yonder, as we say in Texas. You cannot mess up what Jesus did. You cannot undo it. So the only thing that can happen is that we get focused somewhere else. We get focused on ourselves. We get focused on our ability to do it all right. And we get down and discouraged. We focus on our own ability to live the Christian life, and we focus on our lack of ability to do that. Guess what? Really good news today. 
Jesus did not intend for us to do it by ourselves. He never intended us to live the Christian life in our own strength and our own ability. That was never his plan. Come out of agreement with that. Adam and Eve walked with God right in the cool of the day. They had unseparated relationship with God. Anybody disagree with that? They were not conscious of themselves. This is my point. Before they ate of the wrong tree, they were not self-conscious. This whole self-conscious thing, Jesus set us free from it. They ate of the wrong tree, and what does it say? They immediately knew they were naked, and they made clothes, and then they hid from God. What did God do? He went looking for them like he didn't know what happened, like he didn't know where they were, but he went looking for them. And he confronted them with, who told you these things? Right? So... Right then, self-consciousness came in. Condemnation, shame, it all came in. So what was God's answer to that? It's a really easy It's an easy answer. His answer was Jesus. God was like, this is not a good situation. Uh, my plan was to walk with them every day completely unseparated. So I got to do something to restore that. So we did. We know that. That's why we're in the room today, right? We know that. So, yes, it doesn't mean that we don't put forth any effort in our life, right? We do. We put effort in choosing to live in his grace we put effort into renewing our mind, into agreeing with God, into resisting these voices of enemies and strangers. We put our effort into leaning into the voice of God, tuning into his frequency. We put effort into learning how to rest. That's good. Rest in what Jesus did while moving into what Jesus wants us to do with all his power, not our own. We commune with Jesus and stand against forces of darkness. So, what are forces of darkness? Fear, accusation, condemnation, false narratives that lead us away from the truth of God, oppression, unforgiveness, bitterness, fear, anxiety. Do we believe that Jesus is bigger than the forces of darkness? Ours or anyone else's? Do we believe that? God is asking, actually, today, do we believe it? Is what you believe about Jesus big enough to free you from fear? He says his perfect love casts out fear. Do we believe that he actually really, truly does love us perfectly? Do we believe that he is actually bigger than what's going on in the world right now? Our relationship with Jesus begins at the cross, but it doesn't end with the cross, right? The cross led to the tomb. The tomb led to the resurrection. 
The resurrection led to ascension to the throne. The cross buried sin. The tomb sealed it. The resurrection brought us back to new life in him. The resurrection seated us at the right hand of the throne of God. The resurrection gave us back our walk with Jesus. We're going to take communion now. So go ahead and open it up. And we're going to be active about it today. So Jesus, you know, he, he said to do this in remembrance of him. Why do you think he said it? I think he said it because he knew we were going to need to remember it, right? Because he knew we were going to need to come back into agreement with it regularly. We actually take communion every day at our house. So right now as we take this bread and we remember what you did, Jesus, your body, you said, remember that I gave my body for you. That you can be healed and you can be free. So right now as we take this bread, we come out of agreement with the lies that we believe that Jesus isn't big enough for our healing, for our freedom, for the world, for our fear, for our anxiety, for oppression. And we come out of agreement of accusation and condemnation. We come out of agreement with any lie that we have partnered with about how Jesus in some way, there's separation between us and him. That somehow Jesus didn't do it perfectly. And right now, we come into agreement, Jesus, that you did it perfectly. That you didn't leave anything undone. That it's complete. And that you brought us back into complete union with you. We are not separated. And we come into agreement that you are the name above all names, that you have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. We come into agreement with who you are, Jesus, and what you did as we take this bread. And as we take this blood that you said is the new covenant, we come out of agreement with anything that does not agree with your new covenant. With your new covenant that gave us everything that we need for forgiveness, for healing, for life, for truth, for all the things that we need, Jesus your new covenant, we do not live under the old covenant any longer. Read Romans. The law cannot save us. What we do and what we don't do, it doesn't save us. So we come into agreement 
that what you did, Jesus, is what saves us. What you did, Jesus, is what empowers us. What you did, Jesus, is what frees us. What you did, Jesus, takes us out of condemnation, takes us out of accusation, and takes us out of self-consciousness. So we take right now this as a remembrance of your blood. Now, Jesus didn't give his sacrifice, his body, so that we would live not in agreement with it, right? So, it's amazing. It's amazing. Listen, this is life-changing. I'm telling you. Every day, like, it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's many times I say, Jesus, I don't really see you as big enough for this. You're going to have to help me. Like, it's okay. Just do it every day. Every day, make it a habit to come out of agreement with things that are not him and come into agreement with what is him. Does what we believe about Jesus compel us to love other people? Here, we're going to wrap up with this. Because... I believe that in this harvest and Holy Spirit, like, there are some lies that we believe about the harvest. We're going to come out of agreement. Anybody ready? All right. Lies we believe about the harvest and Holy Spirit. People don't want to hear about Jesus. Think about it. Well, some don't. Some act like they don't, and a lot of people do actually want to hear about Jesus. And seeds are sown just by an encounter with you. And is it really about whether people want to hear it or not? Lies we believe about harvest and Holy Spirit. I don't have the right personality to talk with people about Jesus. Well, there's no correct or an incorrect way to talk to people about Jesus. You just be you. Jesus, who is he to you? Lies we believe about harvest and Holy Spirit. I can't talk with people about Jesus because they might reject me. Well, they might. That's okay. They still encounter love. And a seed is still sown. Being rejected is not fun. I talked about it already. It's not that fun. That's okay. Our love for Jesus and our love for people can become stronger than our fear of rejection. It actually can. doesn't matter our personality. It actually can. Our love for Jesus, our overwhelming Jesus Look what you did for me. I cannot keep silent because all these people need what you have. Lies we believe about harvest and Holy Spirit. Talking with people about Jesus is for people who are evangelists. Well, guess what? You're commissioned. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. You hear Holy Spirit because you're born again. 
Holy Spirit tells you how to talk to people. You can sow seeds of love and water with love and harvest with love. And sometimes it's as simple as asking people, is there anything that's keeping you from giving your life to Jesus right now? It's a good question. Write it down. Talking to people's too hard. Well, guess what? We can do hard things. Keep it simple. Holy Spirit helps us. Okay. I'm going to stop here. Um, I have a couple of stories that I want y'all to hear just about people encountering Jesus. And then I just want to pray for us all um, because we're coming out of agreement with these lies and we're coming into agreement with the amazing Jesus that is so amazing that we can't help but talk about him. Is Jesus that amazing? Do we live in awe and wonder? Um, quickly, John 4, go read it. It's Jesus when he encountered the Samaritan woman. He had a social encounter with her. He stopped at a well for water. She was there for water. It was a social encounter. It was one that was not supposed to be between a Jew and a Samaritan woman. That's another story. Um, it was a prophetic, it turned into a prophetic encounter, right? Because he told her things that, that he couldn't have known about her. Read the, read the story. And then after that, she went because she couldn't help but talk about what happened to her. She went back to her city and told everybody about it. And then they all met Jesus through her testimony. So this is, it's this simple. We have a social encounter with people. Holy Spirit tells us something to say to them. It turns into a prophetic encounter. And then it turns into a heart encounter because they engage with Jesus and his heart for them. Which, if you have a heart encounter, you are going to have transformation. And then they're going to go and tell other people what happened to them. So, really... Um, we're going to wrap up with a couple of stories, and then I'm going to just pray for us all, so don't go anywhere. Okay, so Connor is my beautiful friend who is new at Convergence. Welcome her. And Connor is going to share how she met Jesus. Um, so I was raised in the occult and witchcraft, so like growing up you would just see things and know things, and my mom was already pursuing it, and so they um, just trained you in it. Like for Christmas you'd get tarot cards, and it was just like normal. You did all the readings, psychic, medium stuff, and then um, at a young age, at about eight years old, I was suicidal and also addicted to immorality all the way till I encountered Jesus. And then the older I got, just I got bound in substance abuse, alcohol abuse, um, just more in bondage. I was in and out of psych wards, inpatient, outpatient therapy, ran away, traveled around the world, um, got into the fashion industry and the lifestyle that comes with that. And then 2020 came. <laughs> and I just cried out. I said, I know you're real. I know there's a God, and I know you're real. Help me. Help me. And I was alone at work.
Jericho as a lifeguard. Like, I didn't realize how prophetic that was. I was lifeguarding at a pool by myself. And he just showed up and he said, you say you love me, but you don't know me. To know me is to love me. The only way is my son. It's the only way. And I realized I didn't know anything about Jesus other than he was born on Christmas and died on Easter. I didn't know about the resurrection yet. I didn't read. I didn't know. I never read a Bible. And then I just gave my life to him. I don't, I just, the Holy Spirit came in. I never read scripture. Like, I didn't know how this stuff works. And it, just in that moment, like, I had complete peace. And the torment was gone. And I got set free of, in that moment, I got set free of anxiety, panic attacks, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, confusion, immorality, addiction, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder. Like, all my scars are gone. They're healed completely. And then... No one in my life knew Jesus or had a relationship with Jesus and so or was Holy Spirit filled and I was like like devastated. I was like, God, if I don't know you, I will die. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. If I don't know you, I will actually die. And then I know there's gifts. They're all for me. I want all of them. And then he sent me Ananias the next day. This girl came to my work, and I didn't know what was, how the Holy Spirit did the Holy Spirit. And then I, like, I don't know. I saw her, and I yelled at her. I go, do you like God? And she went, yeah. <laughs> and she said, Bible study tomorrow morning. I'll train you later. Don't worry about it. I was like, I've never done a Bible study before. Like, I didn't know these words. And then. She showed up, and we were just staring at each other, and I was, like, waiting for her, and I was used to some weird witchcraft stuff, so I thought she was doing some weird, like, spiritual, like, sidekick stuff, and she was, like, I was, like, what are you waiting for? She's, like, um, I was waiting for you. I was, like, what do you mean? She's, like, you're going to teach me. I said, no, like, I don't know any of this. You're here to teach me. God brought you to teach me. Teach me. She was, like, what? And then I was, like, I don't know anything. I just got saved, and I don't know anything. Can you teach me? And then she said, have you ever read Acts? I was like, no, I don't know what Acts is. What's that? And she's like, let's start there. So we were reading in Acts, and then that thing happened again. I guess it was the Holy Spirit. We were reading, and then I read Baptism of the Fire and the Holy Spirit, and I just yelled at her, and we're, like, working. We should be, like, watching the people, but we weren't. And then I yelled at her, baptize me in the fire and the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Help me. She's like, are you sure? I go, yes. And I go, no, I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't know what was going on. And then she baptized me in the fire and the Holy Spirit. And then I just started yelling, like, baptize me in water. We work at a pool. Baptize me in water. And then we couldn't because, like, we were working. And you kind of can't just do that. And, but it was a divine delay. And so um, I ended up needed divine appointments that week because I did. I literally went to everybody I worked with. I was, like, an old lifeguard. Everyone I worked with was like a teenager in college. And I was like, just talking to them about Jesus. I was like, I'm getting baptized. Come to my pool. We're getting baptized. I said, bring everybody. If you don't believe, I don't care. Come. And then they were all like, can I bring my friends? Can I like bring brownies? I was like, yeah, bring everything. And so they came. And then uh, I got baptized first because they were skeptical. And then um, they all ended up getting baptized right after me. And so... So that's worth celebrating. So um, just a couple of questions. Where did you grow up? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Can we stop for a minute? 
St. Louis, Missouri is like Bible Belt, USA. She never heard about Jesus. Grew up in the occult. So don't, it's not like in some far off country somewhere. It's right here in the Bible Belt, USA, you guys. People do not know about Jesus. They never heard about it. And they need an encounter with him. So yay that Connor had this amazing, beautiful encounter. And that her immediate response was, well, people surely need to know about this. So thank you so much, Connor. Love you. So I just wanted, I want sometimes some of us who grew up in the church, we, we get lost somewhere in religion and we need to be set free. We, Jesus is good news. We don't, like, do you really believe he's good news or do we not? So one more story. Are you ready? Steve's going to tell this story. This friend of ours Listen, this story is wild, and I'm just telling you that we know this guy. Steve has known this guy for a lot of years, so I'm just telling you that this is real. All right. So on a call this week with some apostolic Bethel, a Bethel group, and I've known my friend in Denver. He's a pastor there. I've known him for almost 20 years, and he tells a story. This is a guy on his team there at the church in Denver, and uh, he went into a store, and he saw a guy who was dressed as a girl, and he walked past him, kind of noticed him, and eventually it's like the Lord said to him, aren't you even going to go ask his name? And so he went up to the guy who was dressed as a girl, and, he, and the guy said, well, my name is, my name is Gloria. And uh, they begin to, he began to talk to, to Gloria about the Lord and, and to Greg. Well, I'm going to give you the rest of the name here in a minute. I'm getting ahead of the story. Um, but this person, this man was very angry about his upbringing, about his identity. God made a mistake um, in his identity and all of that. And so while this guy's talking, the guy from Peter's church there, he starts hearing the name Greg. And he says, well, does the name Greg mean anything to you? And the guy's like in shock because Greg is his real name. And he's like, yeah, that, that's my real name. My parents named me, but my parents were wrong. And, he, and God was wrong. I mean, he's like, and he's, he's all upset about it. And he says, well, what, what would it take? What would it take? What, would, what kind of miracle would God have to do to show you these real and that he didn't make a mistake when he made you Greg? And... Uh, he says, well, it's going to take a really big one. Well, he says, well, I'm going to pray for you. We have a really big God. And he begins to pray. He begins to pray for this guy. And all of a sudden, the guy begins to feel a burning where he has, has a tattoo. And uh, he had tattooed the name Gloria on himself. And he's feeling it just on fire. He's like, I feel this burning. I feel this pain. And he looked, lifted up his shirt and looked. And it now said, Greg. And the guy, just, the guy just shouted, and he ran off at that point. He actually couldn't even catch him. But uh, we serve a miracle-working, mighty God. 
Okay, so listen, you guys. We hear Holy Spirit. It's who we are. And so let's stand up and let's come out of agreement with some of the lies that we believed about the harvest. So right now, you can just be a part of any part of this that you feel. But I'm going to go through them because we need to. So... I come out of agreement, just say it if you want to. I come out of agreement that people don't want to hear about Jesus. I come out of agreement that I don't have the right personality to talk to people about Jesus. I come out of agreement that I can't talk with people about Jesus because they might reject me. I come out of agreement with my fear of rejection. I come out of agreement that talking with people about Jesus is just for people who are evangelists. I come into agreement <laughs> that you made me an ambassador and that you are revealing yourself to people through me. I come out of agreement that talking about Jesus is too hard. I come into agreement that I can do hard things. <laughs> and so right now, whatever is going on in the room, we... Um, you can just have some time. I would love now some music, actually. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we're just going to end with um, a time, like, you know, there's that phrase that, you know, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. Um means we're going <laughs> to um, confront some things that need to confronting. So, We've done a lot today, and listen to me, it, it's not weird, and it's not just words. It's real. It's real. It's real that we need to agree with God. It's real. We're coming out of gray. Right now, I declare that Convergence Church comes out of gray. There is no gray with God. And I thank you for these beautiful, amazing people that are in this room, that are watching online, that you are real, tangible, powerful in our lives. Thank you that you set us free. Thank you that you are the plumb line. Listen, we don't get to make up our own plumb line and ask Jesus to agree with it. It's not the way it works. Jesus is the plumb line. And you're either in agreement with him or you're not. 
and we can make it sound all pretty we can make it sound all compassionate we can make it sound all good but if it doesn't agree with Jesus it's not good and we can argue all the days that we want to about how we think it's good and it doesn't make it good because <laughs> we don't have the power to make it good only Jesus does so we come out of gray and so I want to invite um, our prayer team our prophetic team our staff our elders our table group pastors I want a big worship team up here, and I want you, do not leave. If there are places that you're like, I feel like I'm living in a gray place right here, I want you to come up for prayer. Because agreeing with Jesus is the most freeing, the most healing, and the most empowering thing we can do. And he's not playing. He has our eyes of fire and a two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. He's not playing. He's given the name above all names. So we can't make up a name that's greater than his. It doesn't exist. It's a lie. And there's a reason why the name of You can come up for ministry right now. Come on. There's a reason why the name of Jesus is the most persecuted name in all the world. And that people don't use Buddha for a cuss word. They use Jesus. Why is that? Because <laughs> there might be something to his name. Which means there might be something that he is the plumb line. And I'm, so I don't want you to leave here. If there are gray areas in your life that you're like, I need the plumb line. I want you to come up for prayer. And I promise you that his plumb line is better than yours. And his plumb line is better than gray. It's better. So you're free. You're free to go. You're free to stay. You're free to get your kids. <laughs> you're free to linger. But don't leave with things that you need to come out of agreement with. And if you're going, then go ask Holy Spirit how to tell somebody something they need to know about Jesus. Jesus.